0: well, oh, hey, 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 hello, whoa, hi, wait, hang on a second, stay right there, let me say something to you, just don't, don't move, wait a minute, how you doing, hi, welcome to another edition of the Warren Hayes Show, I am Mr. Warren Hayes, and tonight is Thursday, it is May 21st, we are going to be talking about pro wrestling for the next hour or so, and stuff like that, but hey, I am really glad that you have decided to let me into your home, so to speak, whether uh, your home or your workplace or your motor vehicle or your uh, commute, although uh, you shouldn't be commuting these days, but you know what I mean. Thank you very much for allowing me to to pop in and share some fun times with you this evening here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, because yes, the Mr. Warren Hayes show is recorded live every Thursday evening on this YouTube channel that I aforementioned. And uh, and that allows us to have a live crowd of wonderful folks who are joining in the live chat and having a good time at it too, such as Patrick Mason. How you doing, Patrick? We got Tim Traver here as well. How you doing, Tim? Throwback 27. How you doing? We've also, who else have we got? We've got a whole bunch of people. Look at that. Going through the list of people here. We got dgmc who has joined us this evening as well and as a brand new member of the uh, mr warren hayes show channel thank you dgmc uh we we we've also got holy smokes there's a lot of people uh, 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 um benoit uh, is here as well of course how, how are you doing benoit robert larry has joined us in the chat as well good to see you as well scott frame how you doing Carlos is here as well. Hello, Carlos. One fall a podcast. Jay Kearns is here as well. Anthony Gaston making a comeback this week. Good to see you, sir. Um, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone. No, I am. Connor. Connor McCabe is here as well. The Venus is back. Oh, my God. Is it really you? Can it be? Venus, we're going to have to talk. After the show, I've been worried sick about you and the world's most handsome mod, Blaine Mendoza is here as well. It's good to see everyone. Good to have you here. It's good for you to join me this evening. And uh, if you if you are joining right now, do consider giving the video a thumbs up. Share us out there into the wild and let's get some more fine, fine folks in here as well. Uh, and if you're not watching live, you're watching it on your own time, well do consider giving a thumbs up nonetheless. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, well, give us a a review, a like, a subscription, a follow, a a heart. I don't know. it, It depends. It depends on the podcast app. Show some love there. It will be very, very much appreciated uh remember folks i have a patreon we're at patreon.com slash mr warren hayes and if you uh, decide to sign up there well you get uh, you get to join us after the mainstream here for the post stream called warren is off the clock a very casual affair where we all sort of kick back relax and we talk about wrestling i'm going to be talking about quite a few things tonight because uh there's there's a lot on the plate but i i you know i'm going to be talking about um, I'm going to be talking about uh, Nia Jackson Oscar. I'm going to be talking about J- Drew McIntyre and uh, Baron Corbin this week. I'm going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. Hope you join me, and that's for Patrons only. Patreon.com/slash/MrWarrenHayes. Do consider showing some uh, showing some love there. That would be fantastic. Otherwise. Hey, you can also show support by dropping a super chat right here in uh, live here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. If you're here live, such as our pal, Tim Traver, who said, I want to make a shout out to my buddy, Mr. Warren Hayes for telling me to watch NWA. Boy, I love it and enjoy it. Good to hear that. All I got to say is WWE, you kiss my butt. That's right. Keep it at PG-13 at the same time. Tim but yeah I'm glad you're enjoying it I'm really excited to see more NWA stuff and we're going to be talking about NWA a little later on in the show so uh, there's a bit of a full circle thing going on here so uh so drop a super chat and I will read just like I did here your statement comment mood online for everyone forever to hear uh, or you can also become a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes uh channel if you come here regularly on the reg to join in the live festivities, it's a good spot to begin. It's a good spot to, to to show some support because then you get access to some custom emojis. that I know some members in the chat right now are really really excited to do so. So you go to the uh, to go you go to YouTube.com/mrwarrenhayes directly. You'll see a nice button, nice little button there. It's written "Join." Check that out. And if you if if you, you want to get the access to those extra emojis, show a little support my way. Duly appreciated oh man and uh and yeah hey, uh, and also don't forget don't forget super important belltobells.com it's the best place to get all your women's wrestling coverage regardless of who you are your age your height <laughs> it's for everyone youtube.com uh slash uh not youtube.com why am I saying youtube it's not youtube at all it's uh b-e-double-l t-o-b-e double-l E-S. to get all the wrestling coverage for women that that you like and by the way speaking speaking of uh, of women's uh, women's wrestling i'm gonna be talking about it uh, a little bit tonight but i want to give a big shout out to uh to uh scarlett harris uh who is a uh, she's a a lifelong wrestling fan she's a, a pop critic writer she's written on uh, all sorts of places on vice Huffington Post, she's written for Playboy. Uh, she's, uh, She's extremely good at what she does. And I am really, really happy for her because she landed her very first book deal. She will be releasing a book in 2021 called A Diva Was A Female Version Of A Wrestler. And the description goes like this from the rock and wrestling connection to the attitude and Divas eras to the women's wrestling evolution happening now, a Diva was a female version of a wrestler is a loosely chronologized cultural criticism of world wrestling entertainment history. Knowing Scarlett, it's going to be very, very good. Uh, she's, uh, she's an extremely talented writer and she has some fantastic takes. She's always been at the forefront of, uh, of, um, uh, of the women's wrestling movement. Now, and, and the artwork was, uh, the, the art cover, by the way, the cover art, there we go. I'll get it. The cover art was, uh, was illustrated by Lauren Moran. And maybe the, if the name doesn't ring a bell, you'll definitely know Lauren from her work. She's the one who illustrated that iconic, uh, uh, illustration of Becky Lynch who just got her face punched in by um, Nia Jax, uh, and she made a very limited run of T-shirts, which I thankfully have one, and uh, and prints and so on. Lauren is super super talented, a wrestling fan as well. Good to see them collaborating on this. Congratulations to Scarlett. You can follow her on Twitter, Scarlett E Harris. You should do that because regardless of the book or not, because Scarlett is worth the follow. She writes some fantastic stuff so there we go hey let's let's get right into it right now with the with uh with this week's uh with this week's edition of the weekly wrestling inspection all right and we are going to begin by talking about uh by talking about the fact that well that you guys all know you guys all know that I am a sucker for tournament wrestling. So we're going to start talking about the Intercontinental Tournament, Intercont- Intercontinental Title Tournament, I should say, that is starting, that started last week. Um, you know what? Everything is set up to be very, very interesting. The brackets are are very simple. There's eight, eight men in a single elimination style uh, tournament. We've got uh, Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus on one side. Then on the other, we have Elias versus King Corbin. And AJ Styles from Raw against Shinsuke Nakamura. Yes, we are calling these opening round matches. Uh, we've already had two of these occur. Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak and uh, uh, and uh, Elias versus King Corbin. You know, I, I, well, let me talk about the matches first. We're going to talk about the matches. Elias versus King Corbin was, you know what? It was good. It, it it was it was a it was a fun match it, it it was uh not even remotely as horrible as someone might have predicted <laughs> um you know i like how see the thing is is that king corbin and i've said this before i'll say it a zillion million times uh baron corbin i don't have any issues with his in ring work per se it's his it's his person not his personality, but his um uh it, it's his uh it, it's not his personality. it excuse me. It's not his in-ring work, it's not even his personality, it's the character he's saddled with, it's the lines that he's given. That's where he sucks. But once he gets into the ring, he can go. He works um the um the the match here and and he's a smart wrestler you know when Elias did the rope walk he tripped him up which is something that every wrestler should do whenever there's a rope walk that happens just like whoop you flip his ankle off the top rope and that's it you're you're safe right it's good um and I so I like that that his boss man spot post spot connected uh he hit some really nice short arm clothes lines uh elias's spinning neck breaker was good there was a big ass spine buster as well i thought this was a good match shocked me that elias won because i thought corbin was going to get the win because he was he's facing the wwe champion on monday we know that didn't happen that way uh and then you sort of i wonder why should i be interested in baron corbin versus drew mcintyre but uh, hey you know it is what it is and elias moves forward drew Gulak versus daniel bryan man man that was some good good stuff i love the rolling around that they were doing at first trying to get into a, an arm bar into arm bars and yes locks uh i loved uh the um drew gulak sunset flip into the dragon sleeper and then daniel bryan just sort of popped his head out of the out of the uh out of the headlock uh the inverted headlock that's used and he, and then he starts wriggling just to find his way to the to the uh, to the um, the ropes to break up the pin while Gulak is trying to cinch it back in. It was great stuff. Fucking heel hook. We got a heel hook by Brian, which is a legitimately dangerous move to get on. Of course they're not applying it for real, you know, like full pressure, but you know, heel, heel heel hooks are they're bastards, man, and uh, and Gulak's butterfly. He was in. A, he was cut a butterfly like a an, a reverse, um, like a reverse uh, 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 full Nelson, and he just ends up suplexing Brian from that position. Great, great match. Daniel Bryan advanced. Daniel Bryan with the promo that he cut here. He. He turned the tides on my initial prediction where I'm like, ah, it's going to be AJ Styles. But listening to the promo that he cut, uh, not quite sure, not quite sure if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be, um, uh, if it's going to be AJ Styles because Brian cut a very impassioned promo on how, you know, he wants the IC t- title to to represent something. He wants it to represent the best the best wrestler um th- he wants it to be the best to to be representative of the best wrestler in WWE. So, yeah. I mean, I I can get behind it and it was a really good promo. I believed him. I was in on it. I'm I'm like, "Yep, let's make this happen. I'm cool with it. Love it actually." But then we have to move on to some hot trash since we're on the since we're on the subject. There we go, because we got to talk about Drew Gulak's departure from WWE. I'm really sad to see Drew uh, be uh, be let go. Um, not because I think that uh, that he can only do that he was only limited to being in WWE and that's that. No, of course not. But it's just, man, the guy. The guy did everything right in WWE. Came in during the Cruiserweight Classic, and he was a cornerstone of 205 Live, right? Uh, During the really good era of it, where it was him, Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali, and uh, uh, Cedric Alexander. The post-Enzo era, when they had suddenly decided to bank everything on Enzo. And he came in there doing a goofy-ass gimmick but that worked for him that made us discover what a great promo he was how much charisma he had um the the you know the um the whole powerpoint stuff the uh safe and sound feet underground no flip zone that was fantastic there were rumors going around backstage that Gulak's deal was done soon and he hadn't re-signed like he wasn't released he wasn't let go he just didn't resign apparently to the both sides couldn't agree on the money so the deal ended up being lapsed and uh and uh, he's uh he's not subject to a non-compete clause not that there's all that many places that you can go off and compete these days but still Gulak wrestled in ccw evolve pwg he was in the uh, the cruiserweight classic as well He's going to be fine. You know, he's one of these guys that is going to be absolutely fine, especially with this um with his WWE experience under his belt. He's going to get bookings, but on top of that, you know, the whole coach gimmick that he had going with Daniel Bryan isn't all that far off from reality. Wherever he ends up, he's going to be a a, a, a valuable member of that roster in the ring and backstage as well. I'm ready for it. I'm good for it. Um Next, let's move on to Raw. Let's move on to Raw. Uh, and uh, uh, Liv Morgan cut a promo, but she didn't wrestle, right? So of course, if Liv Morgan didn't wrestle on TV, you know what that means? It means she's buried. Actually, I want to talk about the greatest wrestling match of all time. The greatest wrestling match ever. Edge comes out to to interrupt a Randy Orton promo, which was fantastic. Edge cut another extremely, extremely good promo. Very fired up. Fantastic. Saying Orton has never dreamed of becoming WWE champion when he was a kid uh you know and saying that he never had to save his allowance to go to the show at the end of the month uh he never cried uh he never cried when um uh when uh, he orton never cried when he won the intercontinental t- title anyway, and so forth but they doubled down on the fact they had charlie caruso call it again that this might be the greatest match of all time and now they even have the graphics set up for it and it's stupid. And I'll tell Aren't because WWE says, whatever we're saying, this could possibly be the greatest match of all time. Well, can't all matches be that? Isn't that like the basis of it? Any match can be the greatest match of all time. But it's the most WWE thing to do. To just like be out there and be like right on the nose. Hey, we are going to present you with something extraordinary. And we're going to create this talking point that it was. And it's so dumb. But it's so stupid. And I'll tell you why it sucks. This is why it sucks. It's because you're putting Edge and Randy Orton in a very un an unenviable position. Why would they want to be in a match that so many people are going to be watching just and ready to criticize oh this wasn't all that great of course that's what's going to happen why are they doing this to these two fucking superstars and i can't believe that edge wants this i can't believe that edge is like yeah yeah sure i've you know i've fought back for nine years coming out of retirement just to be put in a match where you know likely everyone's gonna shit on it you know he doesn't want that why is it being booked this way i don't understand it and then it it has me wondering then at backlash does this mean that every other producer working on every other match will be told hey you have to tame everything down because we need this match to be better than all the others i don't i'm i'm boggled my mind is completely boggled. And I've been playing Boggle online with Kristen Ashley a lot recently. And you know what? She's been whooping my ass at it. That's okay. I've been whooping her ass at, at Scrabble. And it's the same thing in WWE. If, 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 if you say the greatest game in the world is Boggle and you don't want anyone else to play Scrabble because everyone has to look at Boggle and say Boggle is the greatest word game ever made but other but everyone's like no no scrabbles really nuts no, bot it doesn't make sense it's so stupid let's keep the hot trash train going i didn't think you know what i forgot to preface this whole weekly wrestling inspection thing this week by saying i i felt that this week from pillar to post we did not get a really good week of professional wrestling i don't think I don't think WWE delivered. I thought uh, I thought SmackDown was okay, outside of a couple of really good matches: uh, 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 Drew versus Baron Corbin, uh, Gulak versus uh, Gulak versus Bryan. Uh, the um, uh, the main event last night on Dynamite: Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Outside of those, it was a very tepid week for professional wrestling in general, and. It, And and if you don't believe me, look, on Raw this week, and I checked out the... Did you know that on Raw this week, there was only one match? There was only one match that went over four minutes. We had one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches. And out of those eight matches, only one of them went over four minutes, and didn't even make it to 10 minutes. Last week on Raw, we had one 12-minute match. We had, there was only one match, two matches, excuse me, that went under four minutes. I don't, and then last night on Dynamite, it was, there was so much talking and exposition, and then the injuries, it was not a good week for a lot of reasons, but... (laughs) the the production wise it wasn't all that good good fella 1422 how you doing welcome to the chat didn't see you pop in there so so here's the thing so we're 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 moving on here so just to make sure all of this is out of the way but the the disqualification shit on raw right now has to has to end the referees like suddenly pulling out of nowhere disqualification endings on stuff where we're like wait what Here's where it could. Bobby Lashley posts our truth on the outside of the ring, beats him up on the outside. The referee lets all of that slide. Peyton Royce in the same evening, Peyton Royce inside the ring, posts uh, Alexa Bliss three times, and the referee calls the match. Uh, I don't understand. I I don't understand at all why why this is a thing we've seen people get posted get thrown into the post over and over and over again and i (laughs) i'm trying to say too many things at once. and there's never been a disqualification now that being said i understand that this is in the rules you're not supposed to use the environment to your advantage blah 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 but if wwe was consistent in the application of that rule then stuff like what happened tonight on the DQ and last week as well w- wouldn't surprise us, wouldn't leave us with like, wait, what the what the fuck happened? We would be more understanding. We're like, oh yeah, oh, yeah, good call, ref. Instead, it's like, man, they're just throwing this. This is just a plot device. And you can see it. Uh, you can see how transparent it is, how its only use is just to uh, bring a resolution storyline-wise to a match. And it sucks. It sucks. So, if if the referees were consistent in this, we wouldn't be surprised, and we'd be like, "Yeah, this is normal." That's one thing. But and the other thing is that WWE referees—they they're not characters. They're nobodies. They're they're interchangeable. They're they're you can. It's either none of them have personalities. In AEW, God bless them, despite the fact that I don't understand what wrestling rules exist in AEW, but I'm fine with that. I'm not going to harp on that. In AEW, they're at least giving personalities to the refs. The refs have names, and the names are brought up often. You know, um, Audrey. Audrey is turning out to be, like, the queen of the uh, uh, of the refs, right? You have Rick Knox, who all tag teams want him uh, officiating tag team matches because he doesn't give a shit about the rules. You have Bryce remsberg who's like who overreacts. He's you know they they all have personalities. And if WWE gave us refs that reacted a certain way or had a tendency to call matches like so and so like this or that or make these types of decisions, we could probably get behind that a lot easier. You'd have this referee who's really quick on the DQ well no wonder he called the match because it's that guy but they're they're essentially props they're interchangeable they're like uh i don't know the pussycat dolls they're all interchangeable (laughs) i shouldn't have said that moving along more hot trash the axe throw here's the thing can you imagine i'm just just throwing that out there can you imagine you have you have Two teams of guys. You have you have four guys who want to who are competitive and they want to show off who's better than the other one, right? So how can they prove this, right? How can they prove it? How should they play? They sh- should they play basketball with with each other, right? Uh, against each other, I should say. Should they? Uh, play viking games against each other right how do we how do we show which team is superior to the other Hmm. if there was only a way in a wrestling program to show week that could show week after week hmm, how two competitive teams could maybe show which one of those two teams are the best Hmm. how could you do that in a wrestling program oh i know have them wrestle Just the thought. Not have them play basketball, have stupid skits throwing axes. I don't give a shit. And it's exact inconsistent on this, folks. It's like when commentary, and especially you know Jr. when he'd start pulling out, or, uh, they, this guy's uh, college football background. And he played for such and such a team. Like, I don't give a fuck. Was he an accountant before coming in? Because I don't give a fuck either. He's a pro wrestler. I don't care from. I don't care what his background is. Did he play? Was he an amateur wrestler? Ah, that ties in. But oh, hey, he played uh, baseball for his college. Don't care. He arranges flowers every weekend at uh, at his mother's uh, nursing home. Don't give a shit. What can he do in the ring? I am here to watch wrestling and I care about their wrestling skills. I don't care what they do outside of the ring, what they did before, what they're doing. It's stupid. It's a wrestling show and you have your tag team champions involved in this angle. It's ridiculous. Why are the tag team champs in this? If there's anything, anything, any situation where you're like, yeah, let's prove it. Let's show which one of our, which of our teams is better than the other. Yeah, the team fight the champs. My god. Then again, there was some real cool stuff on raw and the whole the whole Austin Theory getting kicked out of uh uh LIJ Central Florida was really good. And that's not their way by but that's Brendan uh that's Brendan Shroud by the way who called that out and I asked him if I could use it on the show and he said yeah, so shout out to brandon this this is fantastic acer 5000 how you doing so the so, so basically the austin theory getting thrown out of his little group was great first of all i loved how it got played out it was connected throughout three segments throughout raw and it all led to a great payoff the initial segment, you know, well, they had them backstage, all arguing, all three of them, and Zelina was trying to keep control, and later in the match, uh, Theory, Theory throws a punch on Garza, I think, it knocks him out, and it leads to the loss, it leads to, a, it leads to a loss for their team, and Theory gets kicked out, but literally gets kicked out of the team, then he stays hanging around at ringside, for, uh, for the uh, Aleister Black-Buddy Murphy match and Seth is at ringside and Seth recruits. Uh, you see how seamless that was, how good it was, how just, it, and it connected a whole series of events throughout the evening into that point. That was really, really, really well, really well, well done. Works on so many levels too. L- listen to who benefits here. Just off the top of my head, Ooh, yeah. Zelina Vega benefits because she had come in with this stable, this this trio, a, a managerial stable, this these three guys, but then they started losing and then they started arguing and Zelina is literally the female Paul Heyman. She's, that's how she's positioning herself. She's a fantastic talker. She's credible, charismatic. Anyone who remembers uh, Zelina from being paired up with Andrade on NXT knows exactly what I'm talking about. So by doing this, by getting rid of the getting rid of the weak link, she's like, no, I don't. I don't have time to deal with this shit with these petty arguments. I don't have time to deal with egos. I only deal with winners. So hit the bricks, Austin Theory. Uh, she's taken back control of the narrative of her team, and I love that. That was a good power play by her. Makes her look strong. It gets Seth's group back into prominence. You know, since the AOP have been injured or at least i think it's rizar who's who's injured um uh, they've been off brought back buddy murphy yeah had austin theory to it you know I, and i think that's essential to seth rollins's character i think it's really really important for him to have a following um that to me is essential it gives austin theory its his first real purpose since his call up because his call up was like hey we need we need bodies whoop you hey you You live in the, uh, you live around uh, Orlando, right? Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You look good. Uh, Vince will like you. Let's go. So it gives him purpose, right, to begin. And dare I say, is this Alistair Black's uh, 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 move into the main event circle, right? Because if they're moving Alistair into a feud with Seth Rollins, that's very, very high level. That's the highest level feud that Alistair will have had so far. Alistair finally moving into uh, into that realm of main eventers, top guys. Look at how every look at how accomplished this angle was. Look at everything it sets up. Why can't they do this more? This was perfect, perfect, perfectly executed. I loved it. Tim Traver, though, left us a super chat. Thank you, Tim. And he says, now you see why I said WWE kissed my butt. I agree with you, Warren, on all your points. I guess when when we were talking about, uh, when I was talking about the, uh, uh, the, uh, the axe throwing bullshit, (laughs) because this, but you can also agree with me here. This was, this was great stuff. This was really, really, this was really, really great stuff. Um, let's uh, keep the cool beans going and we're going to talk NWA now. That feels so good to say. Did you guys catch it this week? They premiered Carnyland. If you haven't, take the time to do it. It's like 25 minutes. Won't take up your evening. It's a good thing to watch at your lunch break. Um, basically it's, it's all a bunch of connect, not, not, unconnected there we go i'll get the words out unconnected skits self-produced by nwa talent and their skits stories setups it's really good stuff for instance allison k has a segment called promo school and she does cliche promos 101 and it was a hoot it was really really funny you have zicky dice who has a uh who, who has a game show called entice zicky dice where he invites an unsuspecting uh, woman to entice Siki die. so he asks her questions like, "If we did this on a date, what would you do?" And she's like, "What are these questions? Why are you asking me this?" It's fantastic stuff. And essentially, what Carnie Land sets up is like this is the the anchor show, but then it allows it also set up a bunch of other shows that will be premiering on the NWA on the NWA's YouTube channel. Uh, such as um, uh, and, and every day, every weekday is there's going to be new programming on the NWA YouTube channel. There's going to be what's causing Aldis. You, you get it. That's that's a play on words. It's basically uh, Nick Aldis who is going to be interviewing uh, uh, interviewing some of his uh, some of his pals, uh, talking about their less glorious uh, successes as professional wrestlers. Basically, like shop talk. So that'll be fun. Tuesday's is going to be Carneyland. Wednesday's is going to be inside the NWA. So, uh it's Joe Gali who's going to be helming that. Looking forward to that one. Um uh, looking forward to to watching that. Uh so uh, uh, basically a show where they're going to talk insiders and I I think that the first guest was uh were Dave Lagana and William Patrick Corgan. Thursday's are going to be the Eli Drake show. That should be a hell of a lot of fun friday's girl power not quite sure that they were a little not quite as clear on that what that's going to be but you should check it out anyway check out carny take the time to do it it was a good time it was a lot of fun unfortunately we're gonna move on to the hot 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 trash my god all those injuries on dynamite last night You've heard this, right? I'm sure you've heard. We don't have status updates, but we know people got hurt. Ray Phoenix took a dive to the floor. No one caught him. He landed flat on his motherfucking tailbone. That'll probably get me demonetized right there. But hey, he still fell flat on his tailbone and is considered to be hurt. That sucks. And it's a hard one to say, oh, it's such and such. Why wasn't anyone catching him? He I, he didn't look like he got the distance. He needed to... I think people were expecting it to be further. It feels like he improvised something on the fly and people were just a little too slow to react. Then there was Matt Jackson, who apparently has a rib injury off of flying off the stands at the uh, during the final segment. I'm like, my God. In the main event. of a pay-per-view this weekend. Jesus. And then there's that stupid Nyla Rose spot. Stupid. I tweeted out today. I don't understand. Because I watched a gif of it again. And I was like, I don't understand how anyone thought this was a good idea. I really don't understand how anyone looked at that and said, Hey, or that they, 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 all four of them were together. and like, hey, let's do this, because it was shit. It was shit execution, but by everyone involved. First of first of all, who had the really good idea to say, let's take tiny, small, uh, uh, uh tiny, tiny, small Brit Baker. Let's have her sit on the ground completely unprotected, and then let's just dump Nyla Rose on top of her. Let's just Death Valley driver her. Like right then and there someone should be like, "Hey, cool spot. Maybe at a pay-per-view, but maybe not at the Lean in. We should we should hang on to that one." They did the spot and Britt couldn't finish the match. She's hurt, and there's no there hasn't been an update as of what her what her status is yet, and that fucking sucks cuz she's she's been doing such great work. It would suck for her to go into another pay-per-view situation where she can't perform properly. Where she can't perform at all. That stinks to high heaven. But that being said. No, she shouldn't. I don't think she should have raised her legs. But I also think that. Because uh, she did raise. She did lift one of her legs up. Probably by reflex to protect herself. But uh, I'm not an expert. Is that how you take this kind of bump? Is that is that the what you do? To kind of take a somersault cannonball? Probably not, because that's essentially what it was. Like when you take a when you take a Centon, not a Somersault, but a Centon cannonball, is that uh is that how you sort of take it? I don't know, probably not. It wasn't a smart move on her part. But the other not smart move is Statlander and Sheeta clearly weren't communicating, couldn't see exactly what they were doing because they were they they dumped nyla not quite at the center she was off she was she was more to brit's right than like really in the middle i don't think they dumped her properly but you can see sheeta wasn't wasn't looking exactly what she was doing there was no communication this was a poorly planned spot it was not a good idea this was dumb And I don't care, because I've seen people say, oh, the women are so green. I don't care. This was a dumb spot, regardless, to do in all the context, and especially in the context of a go-home show where you have all four of those women in the ring right there are all booked to be on your pay-per-view. Why the hell would you risk injuring them there, right there? Why did they do the table superplex? I was like, this is another recipe for disaster. It went well, but I was not confident after that. Anywho. It was dumb. No one else was dumb. Ah, just, haven't been switching the hot trash a lot, but there's a reason. The the old timer promo between Arn and Jake Roberts, I... I didn't. I didn't think it was great, and a, a lot of people. A, a a lot of people liked it, but I think they liked the idea of two legends like Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts in the ring together, verbal sparring. Hell, there has never been, at least recorded, a unless on some obscure tape somewhere. There's never been an Arn Anderson Jake Roberts match. So it's easy to get to let your fandom get in the wind, be like, wow, like, take me back 25 years and plug this directly into my veins, kind of thing. 30 years. But I felt the promo was a little all over the place, it was scattered. I don't think the guys can talk, but I felt it lacked direction. It was a little too off the cuff. Jake is good at what he does. Arn is fantastic at what he does as well. Arn playing off the fact, you know, you're evil. I like that, but it didn't get me hype. It served to do two things. the the the, the promo served to do two things: to establish the fact that Mike Tyson is going to have run of the place come Saturday, that he can do whatever he wants, and they teased one of the two, one of the one of them to bumping. So it they they've established that but I'll be honest guys it didn't do it for me and 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 I feel like um I I kind of feel alone in my team in that regards feel like there's no one else to back me up on that one but uh you know what I it was all right but I didn't I did I, I don't think it did the matches a service didn't get me hyped for it kind of got me confused Then again, most of AEW last night got me confused because this is a show that usually starts off so strong with a killer match. This is usually the first hour of Dynamite. You have a couple of matches, which are absolutely fantastic. Then in the second hour, sort of cool things down a bit. You get the enhancement matches, you get the talk, and then you come back with a really kick-ass main event. That's usually how a Dynamite is structured. Last night in the first hour, man, there was so much talking. And I know about talking. (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Kristen, Ashley, how are you doing? Welcome to the chat. But we're going to finish this all off on a good note with some cool beans. I really dug the main event last night. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. This was a good match, you guys. It really was. Uh, Hardy looked great. And Guevara continues to show that he has all the tools to be a megastar an absolute megastar. everyone's been talking about it but he he proves it it's not just hype. he's so good at what he does. I Guevara's first counter out of the twist of fate was awesome. he kicked out of a couple of uh, of them at the time and he he sold the shit. Out of the last one, right? My God. It was so good. And you know what this match reminded me of? It reminded me of the match that Matt Hardy and Ricochet had in December last year. During that gauntlet match. Which was really, really, really good. You know guys, Matt Hardy has a lot to offer still. He still has much, much to do. Guevara's good, but he didn't have to carry Matt. He just had to play off his strengths and vice versa. But Matt Hardy still has some good stuff to give. We had proof again last night and clearly he 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 likes working with younger, more nimble guys and he gives us some really good matches. And then the ending with Kenny Omega out on the football field getting... having buckets of water tossed at him. And then Hardy goes for the rescue. Then the Bucks show up. And then... <laughs> Hangman Page doing that hundred yard dash just to clothesline some fools and then walk away when he's done while the rest of the elite and Hardy are like we're all pals he's like fuck y'all god I love the Hangman Page stuff so much I'm looking forward to uh, to uh, to the stampede this weekend the stadium stampede at double or nothing Because, because, uh, two reasons. AEW has been really, really good with their, outside of Hager versus Mox, they've been really, really good with these empty arena, anything goes matches. They've been hella fun. So, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm, I am just, I want more of that tasty, tasty Matt Jackson, Hangman Page feud. mm, mm that tension mm, 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 can taste it i want more of that i want hangman page to win the match for the elite again win another match for the elite so that no one has a reason to be pissed off at him because he delivers he may be an asshole but he's getting the wins i love it so much and no adam page should not turn heel adam page is the biggest one of the biggest baby faces they have in the company right now turn the buck heel the Bucks are much more interesting as heels. I've said it before, i said it again. They're, most of their indie career, they spent it as heels. That's what you need to do, pull the trigger on that. We're, you know what else we're gonna do? We're gonna pull the trigger on the Weekly Wrestling Inspection Athlete. No, not pull the trigger. Put a fork in it! The Weekly Wrestling Inspection is done. <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, a reminder: if you want to leave a, uh, a, a a super chat to show some support for your boy Warren, I can do that. And you, well, you can do that, and I will read your question or comment or whatever right here live. You can also become a channel member just by going to youtubecom mrwarrenhaze and uh, dropping a uh, a membership. Become a member, join the channel. There's a nice little button to "Join," and then you get all sorts of fantastic emojis that you can use just for your own pleasure. Um. Yeah, you know, earlier I was I, I was talking about how it was a it was a, a not a really good week for for wrestling, but it wasn't a good week for res- for being a wrestling fan either. What a shit week we had as wrestling fans. And I mean, it, don't get me wrong, I know I know what's going around outside in the outside world. Trust me. But um, um, Shad Gaspard. Gasper, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his last name uh he's um he he was tragically taken from the world he passed away drowned uh in a a senseless stupid accident um uh, uh, when he was swimming was he got caught in a, in, in tide? was taken from us former WWE superstar of course member of crime time. Uh, he died saving his son, rescuing his son from being uh, uh, swept under. Uh, such a heartbreaking, heartbreaking thing. The one thing that 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 we can step back and look at, though, is the outpouring of love that has come so spontaneously and sincerely from people all across the business, even AEW, uh, even AEW um sent out uh sent out condolences everyone and everyone saying simultaneously almost in in unison how great a guy he was uh how uh, how genuine he was it's he, it is a tragedy and an and utter utter shame uh but uh, you know my, obviously my condolences go out to his family everyone who survives him uh, hopefully, they'll be able to find some peace in the fact that he touched so many people. We also lost Larry Zonka from 411 Mania. Um, Larry, yeah, I've I've been I've been around the wrestling message boards and news sites for a long, long time since the 90s, and 411 Mania was one one of the m- multiple destinations that I regularly had. And Larry Zonka was literally the internet Dave Meltzer. Uh, he would watch everything and review, and he, you know people would people would look to his opinion to see whether I should watch a match or not. You know Meltzer, he pays wall, he paywalled everything back then. He was still doing print. <laughs> when Zonka was out there. He was writing his reviews, watching, watching wrestling, his reviews, giving his star reviews. This is a guy, like honestly, there's many, many people out there who can eulogize him much better than I do because I never met him. I never had a chance to speak with him, but I am very familiar with his work. Uh, Fightful's uh, Jeremy Lambert, um, uh, my pal Jeremy Lambert, worked with Larry Zonka. uh, And if you want to see, if you want to learn more about him or hear what kind of man he was, Jeremy had a lovely thread over on his Twitter um, about Zonka. Um, you know, I did. Is there a wrestling show that this guy ever never watched? Is there something that he never because he watched everything? He covered everything. Like, even when I was doing uh 205 Live NXT UK and uh NXT when I was doing that for Fightful Select last year, uh, or the year before that. Um, no, it was right into last year I was doing that, and you know, I still drop in and see, you know, the, the, the 411 stuff. And I'm like, Zanka is watching the same things I am. Plus raw, plus SmackDown and the pay-per-views and a bunch of, you know, indie shows. And I'm like, he just watched wrestling all the time. As he has a huge body of work. Uh, he leaves behind, uh, two daughters, a wife. There is a GoFundMe set up to help, uh, to help pay for funeral costs. And, um, I think it started to set up a college fund for his daughters as well. It's look, it's good stuff. If you can spare a couple of bucks, uh, anything, uh, anything can help. Um, yeah, that's a big, big, he's a huge loss for the community. I remember moon this week saying that her, her Achilles heel injury might be career ending. I'm like, Jesus, what's going on this week? And it might, right? Like, like, you know, it could be, we could be working here. Just like putting it a little more dramatic so that when the comeback does happen, it's a it could be. But man, I mean, just think about it. Ember Moon, 32, I want to say. Uh, she, she still has so many great, great years ahead of her. It's, it, it It boggles my mind that that she would just be out in a flash like that. Keep fingers crossed, right? Uh, people come back from Achilles' heels all the time, but it's the type of injury that is. It's not. It's not a standard type injury. It can take you, uh, four months to nine months to a couple of years to come back with from it. It depends. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, it's not as bad as being announced. I am completely okay if they're working. Me, if it means that Ember Moon comes back uh, uh, to to wrestle some more. Because I can tell you one thing. Sean said it a couple of times on the Fightful shows. But WWE, would, WWE needs a talent like Ember Moon right now. Then, we're going to talk about this a little more in depth here. As if, uh, you know... Uh, the, uh, as we keep going forward here. I don't know if you've heard about the, um, if you've heard about uh, the uh, CZW stuff. Combat Zone Wrestling stuff, if you want to say that. So, um, Lufisto, legendary indie circuit women's, women professional, woman professional wrestler. Why am I saying women's? Legendary woman professional, we'll a female professional wrestler. I'm having a hard time. Uh, she started calling out CZW a, a couple of months ago. Um, she started calling them out for re-releasing pay-per-views that she's appeared on for for the company because they do have a, a a women's promotion WSU. Started re-releasing pay-per-views, but with alternate titles to the ones that they appeared on, alternate and and suggestive titles such as. All assets revealed, or top top heavy and tough. She started calling them out months ago, um, and uh, she came back pretty strong over the past couple of uh, over the past couple of days. About a week ago, uh, and uh, she um, because basically the prom- the 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 pay per views that they're promoting are not necessarily. Are, Glorifying uh, women in a more sexist uh, uh, perception than what is originally planned. Um, she get, there. There's a few examples out there, but here, listen. Uh, if you take a few descriptions of the pay per views that CZW has lined up in in April, we have uh, just to give you an example of the type of uh, of of promotion that they're doing for the uh, for the pay per views. Got CZW girls with a Z because it's obviously 1997 still czw girls hair pulling cat fights featuring four nasty cat fights and can you you have on this match on this card you have lufisto versus mercedes martinez you have liva bates versus Sue young can you imagine a hair pulling cat fight can you imagine mercedes martinez and lufisto being boiled down to a cat fight, and Sue Young doing a hair pull, a hair pulling cat fight. My God! Or here's another one: um, uh, CZW girls, all assets revealed, mm-hmm. featuring four revealing matches that include Britt Baker versus Kira Hogan, or Allison K versus Lufisto. I mean. This is crazy. So she started calling them out much more. She had started a few months ago, tried to get in contact with CZW. They've been shutting her down, so she made a YouTube video, she being Lufisto. She made a a YouTube video trying to get people's attention, and my God, it worked. Other female wrestlers started to chime in with their own experiences, their own thoughts on the thing. Women who have worked in CZW, like Jordan Grace, Tara Calloway, Kimberly, putting CZW on blast for the sexist portrayal. And exploitation of women within their promotion. CZW uh, is uh, is uh, owned by uh, uh, DJ Hyde. Uh, he's been the owner since 2009 uh, after buying it off of um, Johnny Zandig. Uh, and um, they, they put out a statement in, in response to this because it was getting a lot of traction on the internet. A lot of people getting excited about it and they put out a statement CZW put out a statement but dare I say a fucking stupid statement allow me to read it verbatim two years ago CZW entered a into a licensing agreement with a national media distributor to license CZW and WSU footage that company has the right to utilize the footage without limitation they have repackaged and renamed shows as it is their right to do so our athletes regardless of gender are just that athletes who uh, athletes whom we are proud of and appreciate we stand behind the in ring act the ring action excuse me in all our footage now um the company in question here, the national media distributor, is is called Stonecutter Media, and uh, basically it's like a it's a studio, it's a one part studio and uh, another part pay per view distributor, and they distribute a lot of stuff, not just pay per views, not just wrestling movies as well. They distributed a Nicolas Cage movie if you're if you're into that kind of shit. <laughs> but here's what's interesting. Right, when Stonecutter Media, here's what's interesting, and it's David Bixenspan that pointed this out in a response to the statement. And he said, basically saying, Bix pointed out, said, Stonecutter Media owns the trademark to combat zone wrestling. And he says, so you dig a little deeper and you find out that Stonecutter Media has been investing in uh, that Stonecutter Media has been investing in CZW since April, 1999. Oh, yeah. They've been, and essentially um, they've been in a certain uh, certain way, kind of owners of CZW. So basically Bix was saying, that's weird that you, License to a company that actually owns you. How does that kind of thing actually work? And I'll tell you why this statement is infinite. Their statement was infinitely stupid, especially once this information, even, even regardless, excuse me, regardless whether that information was clear or not as to who owned what. Lufisto, uh, Jordan Grace, Kimberly have all been on Twitter saying oh isn't that interesting you licensed out our stuff to a third party i'm pretty sure the contract i signed didn't allow you to use my likeness and ip without limitation pretty sure we didn't sign that one off because it, we probably want to get a little uh, a bit of royalties back on that it's scummy as hell because they have been putting these the these this content out repackaging this out and putting it out we're talking about pay-per-views sure but not just pay-per-views they're repackaging it and putting it out on soft, soft core pornography sites as well passing it out of passing it off as something completely else right the issue here isn't necessarily about money because I'm willing to bet that CZW makes pennies for this shit. That this is just like something to do because they have the catalog and they want to at least make a few bucks. It's been paid for for years now and they just want to keep making some money coming in. Just a small revenue stream that would probably represent pennies in royalties for the Lufistos and the Jordan Graces and the Kimberleys. But that isn't the point, and that isn't Lufisto's point either when she put this out. It feels like it's been a while since I've had a proper rant about women's wrestling, but here we go. The point here is that women deserve to be recognized as athletes in wrestling just as much as the men do. Lufisto is legendary because she broke down tons of barriers to get women booked on the independent circuit to make sure that they were treated respectfully hell she even helped popularize intergender wrestling intergender wrestling she had some of the first intergender matches uh, wrestling matches in Canada Fyi so for her to sit around and be like hey you know what uh uh I this is not how I want to be represented this is not how women's wrestling should be perceived anymore is completely legitimate you guys know you guys know how hard it's been for women to be taken seriously in this business right go back to the 80s when the fabulous Mula was in the ring and all she did was to teach the uh, all she'd do is have the women yank at each other's hair and toss each other around by the hair and then you'd get into uh, let's not even talk about the Attitude Era when finally they got the Divas title. And so, they were called Divas. They weren't even called wrestlers. This what CZW is doing is not representing them as wrestlers. It and not a, it doesn't represent them as wrestlers. It represents them as represents them as something completely, uh, completely foreign to that. And when you think about it, if these things are if these uh, shows are being repackaged and distributed on porn sites you know there comes a point in a wrestler's career especially when you're on the indies where you're like i can't do this anymore i have to move on to other employment i have to find something else to do and your employer starts looking you up You've, have, what have you been doing so on and so forth oh, i was a pro wrestler so on and so forth and looks up your name and you end up on some porn site somewhere this is not good it's not good for anyone any of the women involved in this, and I strongly believe that this isn't even a question about money. It's a question about representation, because it makes sense that Lufisto would be to, in the forefront of this, because this is something that she has fought for in her twenty-year-plus career. CCW is garbage, and on top of that, people—it's—it's it's a whole bunch of people are coming out of the woodwork, not just talking about the women, talking about. Former referees talking about how uh, uh, talking about how shitty the promotion has become since Zandig sold. How everything has been downhill. Uh, how wrestlers get booked and then uh, go and end up and said, "Oh, we didn't need you anymore. You never told me." Well, it's too bad for you. You can take your three-hour drive back home and uh, don't expect to get paid because we weren't supposed to book you. There's all sorts of stories out there. Regardless of what I feel about deathmatch wrestling, because you guys know I'm not a fan, I I don't like it. I don't I don't see the entertainment value in deathmatch wrestling. I appreciate people. I I appreciate that people can find entertainment in it. Good for them. Aside from that, CCW is a trash promotion, and it has been for years. Pretty much like like what was said since Zandig sold the company, it's been garbage. This is extremely, extremely um, disconcerting. And I hope, that, you know, the women, Grace, Lufisto, they've all been talking about lowering, law, lawyering up, excuse me, to take this head on. And I hope they do. And I hope something is done. And they can probably get some money off of it. But this kind of shit, we shouldn't stand for it. Doesn't make sense, and it's it's so trashy, so incredibly trashy. Feels like we're taking some steps back. I'm gonna keep an eye on that, and Ooh, yeah. as a peek behind the curtain, I'm working on getting a talk with Lufisto for 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 the for the show. Uh, we've been in talks. She's she we're trying to we're we're trying to coordinate a time where we can record cuz I don't think she'll be able to join us live which uh, which is a shame but she's extremely busy and of course these days well she's been on all sorts of podcasts so I could, she's slammed these days uh but she uh, you know we we are working it out so I'm looking forward to it looking forward to talk to to talk to her more about it and pass it on to you guys we got a couple of super chats while I was ranting <laughs> <laughs> Some dude named Louis Olivier Pelletier left a French super chat because he had to be different. Thank you very much. He said, "Pour financer la bière qui va m'attendre sur ton terrain cette semaine." He's trying. It's a friend of mine, and he's trying to invite himself over for a beer. He says in my yard, little little does he know I don't have a yard nor beer. Thank you, Wrigley Field, for the super chat. He says getting a COVID-19 test because it's for free. Are you getting that really? Hope, hopefully, hopefully you're not uh, you're not ill. But if you are, I mean, it'll get it'll get everything sorted out. Good luck with that. Um, and to top it off, top off this this week of being so difficult for professional wrestling fans, we had to drudge up. The tragedy of Owen Hart. But I said we had to. We didn't have to. But it was it was good that we did. The Dark Side of the Ring Owen Hart episode aired this week. I did take the time to watch it. And of course it has brought back the never-ending discussion around Owen Hart. And uh, uh, whether it was an accident or not. How negligent it was. His place in the WWE Hall of Fame. All these, uh, all these very impassioned discussions of all came back to surface in this absolute tragedy—the most mainstream wrestling tragedy to have ever happened—and um, hopefully it'll stay that way, and we won't get anything worse. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend like I watched. I was watching Over the Edge in '99. I wasn't, so I didn't see the event. Uh, so you know, I only got the edited versions afterwards, and that's fine. You know, I it's not necessarily something I want to run out and, and find Joe Cook. How you doing? Welcome to the chat. It's not necessarily something that I want to see. Want to see the you know, there's you know something very gruesome about it, but. Owen Hart was a, a, a um, was a wrestler that I really liked back then, for mostly because he was like nothing else in WWE. So his uh, his uh, uh, accidental or his, the tragedy, let's call it that, the tragedy was it, it hit me. Um, it, it hit me quite substantially, but it was only many years later that I'd fully understand exactly what happened. And the documentary outlined that perfectly, and like everything that the Dark Side of the Ring m- episodes have done this year, fantastically. And I think the true value of these episodes is to bring the human side to these stories. Like it's always we've all heard the Jimmy Superfly Snuka stories, but when you hear his when you hear his uh, his wife talk about him and how she was affected when you 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 hear Dino Bravo's daughter speak about him and how wonderful a man he was these human aspects that are often forgotten when we hear the tales because we we want to hear about the wrestlers we want to hear and it's the wrestlers that we get that, that get asked the questions and comment on them these are always the stories that we hear so hearing Martha And Oge, talk about Owen in ways that we hadn't heard before. It was extremely touching. Again, something that'll just pound you right, right in the stomach. That's how fantastic it was. Ray Deathray, good to see. you. One thing that stuck with me when Jericho was doing his bit when he was talking a little towards the end, and he was saying, "You know what's tragic? You know, one year after Owen Owen's death, who who ended up in the company? Who ended up showing up? Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, Edge, Christian, Kurt Angle. All guys that could have Imagine the extraordinary matches we could have got. Because Jericho said it himself: no one could follow Owen in WWE. It was still land of the big guys." They were all working another style. That's why he had such great programs with Brett, because Brett could follow him. You know, Mark Henry, bless his soul. Uh, you know, not exactly the same style of wrestling that Owen Hart uh, excelled in. So that really, that gutted me. I was like, yeah, Jesus. When you think about everything that could have happened.
1: It's ridiculous. Ooh, yeah.
0: Thank you for the super chat, Joe. like I said, you know, it brought back all the people, you know, re, you know, it, it, all sorts of discussions and some of the some discussions that you'd rather not be having anymore. But that you figure that people would be would take a step back and, and, and at least take the time to assess what happened and maybe change their tune a little bit because you know, for a long time for a long 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 time people were saying that Martha Hart was keeping Owen away from wrestling fans You know, because um, she didn't want him to be honored in the WWE Hall of Fame and people didn't understand why there's one thing that we all have to keep in mind regarding the WWE Hall of Fame folks and it's not even a question of oh it doesn't exist physically I don't give a shit about that at its at its core, the Hall of Fame is and will always be a promotional tactic by WWE to get people to tune in and watch and 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 enjoy a moment of celebrating itself. That's basically what it is. It's a promotional tactic. It's that's essentially what it is. And all the inductees will always be at the whim of Vince McMahon. That it's just as simple as that there's no balloting there's no commenting there's no uh there's no voting there's Vince who decides hey this year we're doing this and the number of people who are out there saying that Martha even to this day is keeping uh that Martha is keeping Owen from the fans. By not letting him be in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. is is absurd to me. Why, Why does Owen need to be paraded for you? For any of us, really? Why does WWE absolutely, positively need to honor him? To make his legacy complete? There's no wrestler who needs that. It reiterates a point that I make often. Very, very regularly here, is that WWE cannot be left in control of the history of wrestling. Its stories, its uh, its history, its uh, it, 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 its uh, the the uh, the importance of events, its keystone moments, because WWE will always stick to a narrative. It will always, always stick to a narrative. And what's the narrative here? What's the narrative that WWE has to protect here? Martha Hart sued them. Martha Hart sued WWE because she felt that there was negligence involved. So what did they do? They they countersued. They sued the widow of one of their employees who was put in a position uh, where he couldn't really challenge the boss because that was the nature of the business. Couldn't go against the promoter. That you just didn't do that kayfabe and all that shit. Remember, nobody challenges the boss. She wanted, she being Martha, she wanted answers and accountability from Vince McMahon from WWE. She wanted to. She wanted to show that Owen's death was preventable, that it was negligent because WWE cut corners. Went with less experienced riggers who didn't quite know what they were doing. And you can check this out. These are in the police reports. They are out there. They exist. Those are the facts that exist. And we all saw the um, we all saw the the clip. In the episode of Dark Side of the Ring that was used to suspend Owen, it's a, it's a clip that's used in uh, for marine purposes. Supposed to hold sailings together. It's supposed to have an easy release. You put six pounds of pressure to release it. Six pounds of pressure is not a lot, folks. Sounds like a lot, but it ain't. So she wanted. WWE to be accountable for what happened and what she did get instead was a settlement and I listened to her on the Chris Jericho podcast which by the way you should listen to whether you've seen the if you haven't seen the uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode go right ahead it won't spoil anything if you have watched it it's a beautiful companion piece because she goes a lot more into Owen as a person which is fantastic doesn't touch too much on the on the uh on the tragedy in and about itself. Talks more about Owen and herself and it's a wonderful, wonderful podcast episode. Um so on the podcast, she says it. She says she was gutted when at some point she was talking to her lawyer and her lawyer, and I'm paraphrasing here, but her lawyer tell told her, you know, at some point this is all going to be just about money transferring hands. It's not going to be about uh, it's not going to be about justice. It's going to be about you getting a sum of money. And Martha felt gutted by this because what she wanted was for was for this to uh, be exposed. And I know this is the bone of contention where a lot of fans really get pissed off Oh, she wants to hurt the business. And this is actually the stance that WWE has taken, you know, it's, it's uh, earlier this week. This week, in the lead up to the Dark Side of the, the Ring episode, WWE's legal counsel, Jerry McDivitt, had a, uh, sent a say, uh, had a statement to CBS Sports. And he said, quote, we were basically trying to find out what happened that night. Martha was not even remotely interested in finding out what happened that night. She just wanted to use it as a vehicle to beat up a business that she didn't like her husband was in. The wrestling business. Now that's WWE's narrative. This is how they want history to be shaped. Martha didn't want to didn't want to destroy the business. All the opposite. You know, she wanted Owen to get. She wanted Owen's death to get some kind of. Make some kind of sense, be put out there. That WWE was negligent and maybe just transformed the business a little bit so that this kind of shit doesn't happen again. If anything. She was looking out for everyone else who was going to come after Owen and who might be asked to repel down to the ring in any type, shape, or form. She wanted to change the perspective. She wanted people to wake up to it. It wasn't a question. and never a question of hating the business. It's well documented that Owen's pro wrestling was not Owen's first choice. And you even hear him on those home videos in the document. He says it. He says, I want to get enough. I want to pile enough money so that in a couple of years I can retire and we will have everything we need to move on. That's what he wanted. He was a family man. He was a guy who just wanted to excel in something that he turns out he was really good in, but didn't want to overdo it because he wanted to spend time with his family, wanted to make sure his kids were well taken care of, And retire. And that's something that bizarrely wrestling fans took offense to. Oh, she hated the business. Ah, hated the business. Owen didn't like the business because of her. I'll tell you this. If you're a fan of Owen Hart and you're out there right now in the year of our Lord 2020 with all the facts out there, with the police reports available, with the documentary there, with Martha Stewart doing the round, uh, Martha Stewart, excuse me, Martha Hart doing the round. Martha Hart even had a book put out in 2002 and it's still there and everything is still corroborated and we're 18 years removed. I'll tell you this, if you are out there And you are a true Owen Hart fan, not a WWE apologist, not not an not an Edge Lord out to bitch and saying oh, I'm no sheep. Uh, uh, I'm not a sheep. I don't why uh, Owen Hart should be in the Hall of Fame, properly in the WWE Hall of Fame. I'll, if you're not one of those, I'll tell you this: you will understand that wrestling was always a Plan B for Owen Hart. You will understand how distraught Martha was losing her husband like that. The man she loved, the father of her children. You will understand that his children mourn him deeply to this day. You will understand all that. And you will understand why they hold a grudge against the WWE. Because the WWE never fessed up to its responsibilities. And to this day, tried to paint Martha, the widow, as the bad guy. If you're unable to do that, if you're unable to get on that level and show that level of empathy, I hope you never, ever suffer true Loss. True. Unexpected. Incomprehensible loss. I hope your life is free of that. And I also hope. That in your desire for Owen to be properly remembered. By his fans. I do hope. That you have taken the time. To give money to the Owen Hart Foundation then. Which is something that Martha created so that Owen could be remembered. And his legacy could be celebrated outside of the confines of WWE. Otherwise, you're just buying into the narrative of a company that wants to control a legitimate legitimate human-sized tragedy. It's been a hell of a week, folks. All I can all I can hope is that it gets better moving forward. Look, we've got a pay-per-view coming this weekend. <laughs> we've got AEW Double or Nothing, if you want, come and join me Saturday morning. I'm going to be joined by JPQ of the No Particular Angle podcast and my buddy at smart to death Radio. We're going to be doing a prediction show, as we usually do on pay-per-view weekends, Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Hope you come and turn uh, turn up, uh, because those are usually a lot of fun. And I'm really, really glad that everyone turned out today. Mr. Fretz, how you doing? Good to see you. I'm really happy. I'm really glad that everyone turned out. And I tweeted this out earlier this week once once the, the Shad news came out. No, no, it's when Larry Zonka, that's right, when Zonka's death came out. I, I, I tweeted out and I asked everyone just to take a moment to be grateful for everything you have, for all the good stuff that you have, no matter how insignificant in the large scheme of things it may be. Just take a moment to look at what you have, what you have acquired, what you've—the good stuff that gravitates around you or towards you—and and and just appreciate it. Take a moment; helps puts things in perspective. And I swear, and I'm not not even being stupid or sarcastic. I appreciate every single one of you who come here week after week, live in the chat, who pop in. On, on the YouTube channel or download my an episode of mine on the podcast and listen. Those of you who contribute in any way through Super Chats, the Patreon, I appreciate all of you and I recognize how lucky I am to be able to do this and actually have people listen and talk back to me. It's fantastic and it's something that I consider a privilege, by the way, and hopefully we'll be able to continue uh, having this privileged relationship with e- with each other for many, many years. <laughs> but, hey, why don't you we continue this relationship on Saturday morning, 11 a.m., Double or Nothing Prediction Show on the same day. Hey, and, by the way, of course, I'll be on Fightful tomorrow evening for the SmackDown Post Show. Folks, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Follow me on Twitter. Reach out, let's uh, let's have a chat. and if you're a patron, I'm heading over the, to the post stream in a few minutes. So we'll see you there. Thank you everyone for joining me tonight. I'll see you next time.